If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode 291. This is our 2024 Waste Management Phoenix Open and Commercial Bank Qatar Masters Bets Pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Amber, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour Golf. Good morning, gents. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler. You can visit begamblerware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews, strokes gained rankings, form statistics, plus, of course, our predictor models for both events this week. All of that content, it's available completely free of charge. We have no paywall. On X, I am at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. If you are watching stroke listening to this on YouTube, please like the video. Now you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This one is from Innis. And Innes, I believe, is in Scotland, but uh, it comes up on here as the UK. Uh, Thanks is the title. Five stars. Least I can do is write a review. I have no clue, but thanks to you, I get some ideas for my bets. The players, unfortunately, usually lose. I don't blame them, though. I blame yous. That's cheers mm. from Innis. So I think I blame yous. That would come across as the Innis is plural. Yeah. yeah, so we're all at fault. I mean, accepted. Yeah. What can you say? Thank, uh, th- thanks for thanks for taking the uh, the time to write Innis. Yeah, it, and it's, it's it's this game in general, isn't it? It's famine or feast, and there's generally quite a bit of famine in between the uh, the odd feast that you get with a, a win or two every now and again. So, uh, I was on a great, I was on a great run, Paul, and then I, I managed to get Sahid Tagala back in September, and since then it's been like a desert. Perhaps it all oh, changes. Apart from Keegan Bradley, we had Keegan Bradley the other week, didn't we? The playoff loss that was a mm. that was a cracker. But yeah, that's how it worked. That's how it rolls, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, the, the difference between someone winning, you know, Keegan winning that playoff and uh, and, and coming second makes such a massive difference to the, mm. you know, to, to how you're performing. Or how your results have been, how your PL looks, um, you know, how your general kind of um I don't know, outlook as as to each and every week becomes because I know myself when I'm on a bad run, I tend to get a little bit more defensive with my picks and uh, and that, that's probably not the way to be. It's probably probably should just go out there with freedom each week and uh, and pick as if um you're on the best winning role of your life. Can I just say on the reviews, of course, if you're listening on Spotify, press that five-star button. And of co- and if you are in Ireland 
uh, United States, Canada, Australia. Let's have some international um, five-star reviews, please. Get them across. You might be being read out next week. Now, talking about having a bad run, I've got to... I had this feedback last night from The Ordinary on X. He's at Lord Lou Can. He replied to a tweet I sent out. Here's to a change in fortune. I now have seven, in brackets, yes, seven outright tournament seconds in a row. Not something I would have thought was even possible, and he's listed them. Ludwig, Rasmus... Cbez, Ben Arn, Sahith, Mac Hughes, Alex Noren. Golfing gods look down on me kindly, exclamation mark. And then he goes on to say, I know to be fair I was handling it well enough as a succession of recovered alcoholics and amateurs edged out my picks. But Ludwig losing to a course record from out of the blue and a freak weather event has quite frankly done my head in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord Lucan. We do feel sorry for you, but that, that fantastic picking, eh? Seven runners up on the yeah. on the trout, on the on the bounce. That's amazing. Yeah. What can you do? You can lead a horse to water, Steve, but um Yeah, sometimes that's just the way your your luck rolls. Perhaps it all oh, goes good. perhaps it all changes for him this week. I've got to repeat that. But Ludwig losing to a course record from out of the blue in a freak weather event has quite frankly done my head in. <laughs> yeah. That is just the ultimate golf betting uh, statement right there. That's a mild reaction, I think. You've got to say, well, well, fair played, Lord Lucan, for keeping your chill. That's um, Seven in a row is you... definitely beating your record, Steve, by a long stretch, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You might, want to, um, you might want to follow him on Twitter. I don't know if he puts his his, uh, t- his tips out there, but he's due a win. He is due a win, yeah. That takes us to last week. Um, oh, I don't know what to say, really. I don't really know. I'm, I'm th- Paul, you talk about the DP World Tour quickly. Go on, give us 30 seconds. I, I know that you managed to get a full each way on Soderberg, so well done on that Soderberg, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, he saved a week, didn't he? Um, actually, to be fair, he got himself right into the mix. He was one off the lead coming down the stretch and uh, just threw that double in on the 17th just, just to make sure that he stood no chance whatsoever of winning, which um, mm. which was a shame. Um, but yeah, he got a full place in the end with the um, eight places each way that I backed him on, so that was good. Um, yeah, Dylan Fratelli, mm. 175 to 1 on Monday, best price I saw, generally about a 150s. So for anyone who managed to pluck him out, then fantastic. Um, but yeah. We but, track, we track straight going metrics and Dylan Fratelli has been one of the worst golfers on the planet for like the last nine months. But there there were some slight signs that he was actually hitting the ball straight. Uh mm. but yes. Yeah. So it shows you and it something clicks and literally bang. Yeah. Steve. I, I, you know, Sorry, I was just saying, Steve always says about the guys who are playing a bit on the PGA Tour coming across to the DP World Tour and just feasting. Mm. Yeah. I did mention, I think you've mentioned Fratelli off off mic last week or off recording. It's just, it stuck with me, which is it. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a tough call because, yeah, yeah, I I, I get it. It made a couple of cuts, which is probably 
the the best you can reasonably say about how his form had been going. But you know, I I, I did a, a a small post mortem on the event, and it would have taken me a lot of picks to have got down to Dylan Fratelli last week. Yeah, it wasn't a block of cement on the back of the cranium, was it? Before he won. No. No. First win for six years or so, um, you know, and and this this happens, and we see it time and again where where players come back from a, a, a long fallow period and uh, and and get that win that you know they are capable of doing. But yeah, I, I, I was a long, long way from picking Dylan Fratelli. So to to come out of the week unscathed with Soderberg was um, was positive in that respect. Uh, congratulations to Wyndham Clark backers. There were plenty of you. Mm. Uh, uh, there was 80 to 1 out there on Monday. I know he got backed in from 70s on the Tuesday. So, excellent pick. Um, yeah. He was right on my radar and I managed to persuade myself not to back him. So, uh, that's the way it goes. The, my major concern, though, is clearly the PGA Tour can't... They can't legislate for um, storms coming in when they're when they're building their schedule. Um, yeah, middle of the previous year, but one thing I will say about Pebble Beach is because people were acting surprised that there was a big storm coming in and that it was going to affect the play, and and I tweeted out, well, this tournament over the last five years has had a Monday finish twice. Mm. And so clearly this year now makes it three of the last six would have finished on a Monday. And you just think you're throwing $30 million of AT&T's money. I expect they're probably only one of the sponsors on the roster that could afford to have an elevated event. Let's be frank about it. On an event that's got a high risk of major weather problems. And it's followed up by Super Bowl week and... I was listening to Andy Lack's podcast, and Andy says that over in the States, Monday, Monday of the Super Bowl week is a massive, you know, everyone's gathering at the site, media 24-7. And, it, you know, if they played that event on the Monday, it just literally gets drowned out. No one's going to watch it. No one's going to be bothered about it. So whether that actually came into the final decision to not have Monday, or whether there was damage on the course from, from the heavy storms... You know, to to whatever you know, could have even be stands or infrastructure or the course itself. I don't know. But anyway, it, it, I, I think the only people that really won this week out of the whole thing was Live. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Who yeah. had a, a cracking little tournament that finished on time? Had a great finish with Neiman, Sergio Garcia, uh, John Rahm charging on Sunday, Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, and they actually had a, uh, you know, it looked like they had more than like 50 people at the event on, on the 18th at, at, at the close. I was quite shocked by the size of the crowd. But yeah, I think PGA Tour, again, hasn't done itself any favours. Um, yeah, what can you say? Yeah, I, I think where there's, a, where there's a will, there's a way. And you know, perhaps there were different circumstances that meant that they absolutely couldn't have a go at making the uh, making the tournament work on Monday. But you, you go back to the um, the Dunhill Links last year. The weather there was horrific. The course conditions were diabolical and they still managed because they absolutely wanted to get that event done. 
to um, manage to get the final round done so they could get uh, yeah get the result in the books and yeah I suppose it, perhaps it is a an element of the um, the Super Bowl um, that's that's influenced it there but yeah it's a shame it is a shame because uh, as you say Live have um, you know there's a perfect storm for Live that that weekend that's just passed perfect storm and I, I think uh, I ended up watching watching maybe most of the back nine of the live event on Sunday and the playoff and it was good leaderboards. They, I was watching on YouTube, so there were no ads, lots of golf shots. I mean, it was a pretty good broadcast. It was entertaining to watch. I wanted to watch some live golf on Sunday. I was all psyched up for watching the lads play in pebble in wind, but um, it wasn't a bad substitute. No. Now talking of wind, Barry, you you played a game of golf yesterday, and um, I, I hear you got a uh, a hole in one. It sounds like such a setup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I had a had a hole in one yesterday. Downwind hole, had a nice shot. It was tough to see the green with the light, um, so we weren't sure uh, if it was in the hole or not until I got down there. So yeah, it was um, nice nice surprise to see at the ball at the bottom of the cup. Still Friend. a few, still a few holes behind Phil Mickelson's forty-seven, which I see is out there on Twitter, which is qu- quite a lot. But um, yeah, good, nice, nice moment. Had a bit of fun. Describe the shot to me, Barry. It was <laughs> downhill par three, uh, one seventy-two to the pin. Wind was pretty, pretty uh, pumping yesterday, so I hit nine iron. Hit uh, a pretty nice shot. Took a good line, bounced just a little bit short of the green, and uh, or some. I think it bounced short of the green. There was no pitch mark on, so I don't know. I don't think it went in on the fly, and uh, yeah, off she went. Fantastic! Oh, that's Beautiful, that's brilliant man. stuff. That is. When are we getting our drinks? Uh, yeah, I'll send. I'll send you a pint to your local. <laughs> yeah. Steve, you and I'd be happy just to hit a green, wouldn't we? Let alone find a. Well, if the wind's pumping and he's hitting nine iron, hundred and eighty yards, mate, I'd be taking driver. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I wouldn't. It'd be probably like a five wood because I can't hit driver, as you know. (laughs) Brilliant stuff. Now, well done, Barry. Really well done, mate. Thank you. Right, Uh, Paul. Our Bet365 um, Majors competition. Can you mm. have 30 seconds on that for us, please? Yes. Yeah, it's, go- it's going nicely. We're getting lots of uh, entries in via email, um, via Twitter, via X. I'll get there eventually. And um, by Facebook. So um, if you fancy playing this year, then uh, read the entry instructions, which will be appended to this uh, podcast, and get your entry in. Basically, we want one name for each of the four majors. So one different name for the Masters, for the US PGA, for the US Open, for the Open Championship. We will then create a leaderboard of their performance and their dollars earned from each of the respective events for which you pick them. Um, We'll create an overall leaderboard of everyone who's entered and there are cash prizes to first, second and third place finishes so 150 pounds to the first 75 to the second 25 to the third currency equivalent of course if you're from overseas but get your entries in a little bit of fun and uh, we need your entries in before the first tea time at the masters Mm. so get thinking we do tend to get a rush don't we 
We do, yeah. Masters and, week, there's hundreds of entries coming in. Quite right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people start to form a view by then, which was quite right. But if you fancy uh, getting your thoughts down nice and early, then by all means do that by one of the entry methods. Two decent tournaments this week. Let's crack on. Waste Management Phoenix Open. This is the tournament over in the United States on Super Bowl week that tends to feature, uh, feature 70 or 70, more like 700,000 fans over the week. Um, the race, there's going to be all of that footage, of course, of the race at 4am to get <laughs> to the 16th as people are trampling over each other, shooting each other to make sure that they can get into that hole. Uh, always uh, one of the highlights, of course, of any PGA Tour a year. But yeah, great event. Love it. Um, I'm a slightly disappointed. Um, the field came together. It looked quite strong. Uh, we then got a Victor Hovland WD. And then overnight, we've had a Xander WD, which has absolutely annihilated the top of the betting board this week. But um, yeah, what can you say? Uh, some of the top names not playing the waste management. We have, of course, Tigers event next week. And then we move across. Can you believe it? The West Coast swing will be done. We're then across to Florida. And you can almost smell Augusta when you get to the Florida swing. Yeah. Mm. Great event. Um it's still going to be packed with talent. I know that um, these WDs have meant that a number of the DP World Tour players are now going to get a look in. So my understanding is that Alexander Bjork's been added to the field. Yeah. Uh, and Sammy Vala... Is it Sammy Valamaki's also been added? Sammy Valamaki was the last in, yes. Yeah. So um, I think I think Bob McIntyre's the next alternate, isn't he? So he is. He stands a chance if there's another WD at any point. So, yeah, decent event still, and one that I thoroughly enjoy. Love the golf course, plenty of risk-reward. I know that Barry likes that as well from his golf courses. Uh, the closing stretch of 15, the par 5, 16, the stadium hole, 17, that drivable par 4 with water behind the green and all the way down the left, and then the 18th downhill, curves to the left, Massive bank of people on the right-hand side, birdieable hole. It's a, it's a great finish, one of the best finishes on the PGA Tour every year. Right, in terms of best bookmaker for this week's Phoenix Open, we're highlighting Betfred, who for 2024 are running their Pick Your Places market, which gives you the option to increase the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the Phoenix outright market. Right now, as we record the pod, they are offering extended market best odds and eight places each way at 50 odds on players such as Jordan Spieth. Spieth is 18 to 1 with Betfred, 14 to 1 with Skybet. We've got Sam Burns at 20 to 1, Sahith Tigala at 33 to 1. Or how about 45 to 1 on two time stadium course winner Hideki Matsuama? He's only 33 to 1 with Paddy Power on the equivalent eight places each way market. If you're 18 plus and do not have a Betfred Sportsbook account, you can find details of their current bet £10, get £40 in free bets and bonuses, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very author with T's and C's in this podcast description. We are dealing this week with the stadium course, TPC Scottsdale. 
An absolute crackerjack of a golf course. Love it. Um, it's also a very readable golf course. Although saying that, I think we might be in for a bit of a change this year. Um, winning score here tends to be... Well, you can go back years. Going back to 2016... Uh, or 2017, it's been 17 under Matsuama, 18 under, 17 under, 17 under, 19 under, 16 under, 19 under. So safe to say it's going to be potentially in that kind of scoring bracket. Although, I'll get this out there right now. I'm, I'm, at, I'm literally looking at the forecast now. Tuesday into Wednesday, there are... 85 to 90 percent chance of rain significant rain from the middle of tuesday afternoon through to eight nine in the morning on wednesday that is definitely going to soften this golf course now i can remember i can only remember one year here and this was before they redesigned the course as well where it was seriously soft and I can remember Phil Mickelson waving his magic wand and shooting. I'm just finding the score here. He shot 23 under par to win that year on a very soft golf course. And neither of you guys will be surprised if I said to you over a pint down the pub, talk to me about players that played well on soft golf courses five years ago. I'm sure that Ryan Palmer would come out of either one of your mouths quite quickly in that list. And yep. I know that Ryan Palmer was right in the top four or five that particular year as well. So I've got a feeling, you know, that the scoring might just sneak into the into the low 20s this year. Now, the one thing that goes against that being a soft golf course is that the temperatures are going to be this is desert golf chaps, and I know it's February, but it's meant to be warm. <laughs> um, we're dealing with 10 degrees being the warmest temperature on Thursday. It then warms to 13, 11, and 14 on the Sunday. People have been, I'm, I can hear our North uh, our United States uh, <laughs> listeners shouting to him, What's that in Fahrenheit, Steve? Well, it's around about 50 to 55 Fahrenheit. It's cold. There's also, it's going to be particularly grey and there's chances of rain on Thursday, maybe even Saturday as well. So it isn't going to be your typical waste management Phoenix Open, sunshine, pretty warm temperatures and a firm and fast golf course. It's going to be the complete polar opposite of that. Cold, grey, Potentially some drizzle and a wet golf course. Well, when I say wet, definitely some cut in those fairways and the greens will not be as firm. I mean, sometimes you turn up here and the greens are releasing on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. That isn't going to be the case this year. And I've gone to the trouble, Paul, and I know you you know, you know, build the predictor models. I've actually said, you know, year after year after year after year, you just say, well, it's going to be a mid-score winning target here. I've actually taken the punt and said it's going to be resort scoring levels this year. I think it might sneak into the 20s. Because I know it's cold, but don't forget we are playing at altitude. Over 1,500 feet of altitude. 
we're dealing with a very short golf course as well, relatively. It's 7,300 yards as a par 71, yeah? And we know that the ball is travelling an extra 9 to 10% just because of the thin air. So you're actually dealing with a sub 7,000 yard par 71. And little wind as well from what I'm Yeah, no wind. Yeah. So it's just going to be soft and murky. Mm. So I don't know if that changes any of the names on the leaderboard. But I, I, I just get the gut feeling that we've, we might be into the... We might be into... You're going to need to be shooting 17 under to get an each-way place. And kind of 22, 21 under might be the winning score. Might have a two on the front. So I don't know if that changes any of your logic or any of the listeners' logic. Other things to watch out for. Got to mention the agronomy, haven't we? This golf course is basically a Bermuda grass golf course, but at this time of year, it's overseeded. So the fairways are overseeded with perennial rye grass and fine fescue. The rough is Bermuda grass overseeded with perennial rye and fine fescue. Two inches in length. This is the other thing. Compared to Pebble Beach last week, and especially compared to Torrey Pines, the rough this week is pretty in inconsequential. The problem you have this week is if you're missing fairways in the wrong spots, you can be up behind a cactus, you can be behind a rock, you can also be in plenty of water. There are um, six of the 18 holes where water is in play. Clearly the 17th being probably the 15th and the 17th being the most well-known of those. Mm. You've pretty much got a bit of an island green on 15. You're coming in over water if you're going for it in two. All three of the par fives are reachable because of the elevation and the fact that they're mid-500s in length. 550 yards. This is why I love this golf course. The risk-reward nature of it is fantastic. Other thing to mention, um, the greens themselves are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, but they are overseeded with Poa, Trivialis and Ryegrass. So if you want to use our predictor model this week for the Phoenix Open, I would get on there. We have a tab that is specifically for these types of greens, the best performers over the last five years. When I say performers, they're not putting stats. They are people that have won or finished in the top 10 on golf courses that feature these greens. Um, anything that you two want to throw in? Um, I, I will throw in some course correlations. There's a massive course correlation with Plantation Course at Kapalua. Uh, PGA West is another. I mean, that makes sense. Desert Golf Course. I know it's not at altitude, but they feature the same types of greens. Uh, lots of winners here in the past have all had a top 10 finish before they won the actual title. There's a massive, massive link to Sawgrass. And I know Sawgrass greens of late have had Poa Trivialis overseed since they moved it to March. Yeah. But Scotty Scheffler's won this and won that. Webb Simpson's won this and won the players. Ricky Fowler's won the players and this. Phil Mickelson's won the players and this. Also, Team No Putt, very much in effect. I mean, when you're seeing a winner's list that includes Kyle Stanley, Kevin Stadler, Gary Woodland and Hideki Matsuama, you know it's not a putting contest. 
And I do like to putt. I do love to pick players that can't putt. I mean, that's one of my um, specialities. <laughs> I mean, Scotty Scheffler, he's not exactly the uh, the no. hottest putt, putter on the planet, isn't it? And he's going for a three-peat this week. Mm. Being backed in, chaps, at nine to two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like players going for three-peats. They tend to fail, but this is the world number one. He would be the first player since Steve Stricker to do it. And if you were ever going to make a golf course that was perfect, and I mean 100% perfect for Scotty Scheffler, it's this one. Yeah. yeah. He's going to have his backers this week. And, and the, the, the price has continued to shorten up, hasn't it, with the, the other withdrawals around him. But um, Yeah, it doesn't help. His, his chances, you know, smack you around the face, obvious, isn't it? Anything to mention, Barry? I know, I know you're a bit of a course architect. You, you like your golf courses and, and how they play. I would have thought that you love this golf course. Oh, this is a lot of fun on Sunday. Yeah. It's um, yeah, especially if you have somebody, one of your bets in the mix. It's uh, there's a chance for them to make a charge in the last few holes, and even if they don't, it's exciting to watch. Usually, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a corker. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that I need to add. Oh, average winner, price of winner. Why don't we just mention this? Over the last five years, the average price of the winner here is 26 to 1. If you go all the way back to 2010, it's 45 to 1. Juicy. This is my kind of spot in the market. The biggest price winner here was Baby Walrus, Kevin Stadler, way back in 2014. He won this at 125 to 1. He's the only triple-digit winner of this golf tournament since 2010. And as we know, I mean, compare this to what the American Express that had an amateur win it this year. Mm. That is completely different. I mean, we had Adam Long win that 600 to 1. A quality player tends to win this. And you can also see that in the fact that over the last few years on the world golf rankings... I'll just run through the rankings. So I'm going back from 2023. Scheffler was second. Scheffler was 15th. I was on him that year when he won his maiden title at 30 to 1. So 2, 15, 13, 11, 14. Gary Woodland, 53rd in the world when he won in 2018. And we're back to Hideki Matsuama, 5. So all of the winners of this, bar Gary Woodland in 2018, were in the top 20 in the world rankings. Right, I've gone for four. I've taken my wife's advice this week, and actually, she's picked them. <laughs> that is a joke, but um, she said to me the other day, Steve, why do you keep making short lists of players, and then one by one, you take them off the list and replace them with someone else? I don't know. She said, why don't you just start picking players that you fancy at the outset and just stick with them? So that's what I've done. Right, first up is Justin Thomas. Doesn't really need a huge amount. This is my narrative on this one, and people can shoot me down in flames, but these are facts. Before um, Scotty Scheffler's win last year when defending, um, Kepka, Simpson, Fowler and Woodland had not won on the PGA Tour for 19 months, 20 months, 23 months and three and a half years. Of course, Scheffler's first win here, was a, he was a tour maiden. I think his, his last win had been something over like two years on the Corn Ferry. You can even go back to Hideki Matsuama, 
He'd won the 2014 Memorial and then came here and won this in 2016. So that's 19 months since his last PGA Tour victory. And Brooks Kepka, he won this on uh, his maiden PGA Tour in 2015. So what I'm suggesting here is following Wyndham Clark in this week to win-win goes completely against that trend of actually quality players that haven't won for a period of time. And when I say a period of time, I don't even mean last season. I mean the year before that. Justin Thomas literally is the perfect player for that trend. Playing nicely, he ranks number one in my eight-week trackers for both strokes gain tee to green and strokes gain current form. And his form around here is just shockingly good. Third, third, 13th, eighth and fourth across five consecutive years. Now, there was a smidgen of 16 to 1 about him on first show on Monday. Clearly, Hovland then decided to withdraw. Overnight, Xanders decided to withdraw. And JT's just been smashed. So I managed to get on 12 to 1 with Betfred. So I'm on JT at 12 to 1. I've backed him up with another shorty. Now, this guy doesn't overly fit in terms of ball striking machine, which is what you want around here, effectively. You want someone that's mm, sort of middle of the road, Distance-wise, someone that can keep it off, out of trouble off the tee. That doesn't mean 100% accurate, but someone that misses the big hazards. You can contend around here missing lots of fairways, but you can't contend around here when you're slapping it in the water or behind rocks. Um, so keeping the ball in play off the tee is a good statistic to look at. Or is it good drive percentage? That, that would be a decent number. But... Sam Burns is an absolute beast on Bermuda grass, but he's also an absolute beast on these overseeded power trivialist greens. Listen to this. Scotty Scheffler has won four of his six PGA Tour victories chaps on power trivialist overseeded greens. Sam Burns has won three of his five PGA Tour titles on these kind of greens. 2021 Valspar, 2022 Valspar, And as we know, last year, he won the match play at Austin Country Club, again, on Bermuda grass greens that are overseeded with Poa Trivialis. He putts like an absolute demon on them. So yeah, I'm on Sam Burns, who finished sixth here last year. And if there's one player you want to play your practice rounds with round here who can tell you all the nuances of the courses and what not to do, it's your best mate, Scotty Scheffler. So I'm on Sam Burns, who is in the top 20 in the world. Hasn't won a stroke play event for way over 18 months. So I'm on him. I've got two points each way at 20 to 1 with Betfred on Sam Burns. So 12 to 1, JT, I've got Burns at 20 to 1. Right, Paul, where's your first stake in the uh, turf this week? Yeah, I've got one slightly longer and then one three figures, which we'll go through afterwards. Um the shorter of the two is Sahith Tigala, who um, opened at 50s, actually. And I know you can say the same about a lot of players in this field because the market has been decimated with uh, with Hovland and Xander disappearing. But the best day out there, as you actually went through at the start, was 35 to 1 right now. Um, shot 21 under when he won the Fortinet back in September, which kind of fits with your narrative where the price or where the winning score might be, mm. rather. 
28 under at the century, you mentioned the uh, Kapalua course as being a, uh, yeah. a, a, a correlating or potentially correlating course to this. So he can go low. He can get into the 20s under par, which I like. He was 20th last week. He was robbed of a chance of a better finish by the weather, as were many players. But 20th is solid. Third year on debut back in 2022. Actually, he led after 36 and 54 holes back here on debut a couple of years ago. So got on with the course very nicely. I think he's got a really good chance of making the frame here this week. So uh, 35 to 1 best price. I took him at 33 to 1 with eight places. Um, but as I say, uh, with any players this week, there's a lot of blue on the uh, betting sheets. So uh, if you do fancy a punt on any of these players, then uh, sooner rather than later is probably the best strategy, I would have thought. So he yeah, is to, yeah, so he to Carla for Paul. Can't I can't dissuade anyone on that. It all makes very logical sense. Barry, what about you? Staying I'm gonna stay away from the very short stuff, but I have a couple in the, the mid range, so I'm gonna go for Eric Cole. Um just superb iron player and really on a very nice run, other than one missed cup, but he's fourteenth, thirteenth, twenty first, and fourteenth uh, out of his four of his last five. So it's the first time here, but that doesn't block him from winning necessarily. And so I kind of like the form and kind of mixture of odds around 40 to 1. Can we ever remember an inexperienced rookie from last season that's as in the past that's been as consistent as Eric Cole? He's mm. a, literally a machine, isn't he? He's a top 15 mm. machine, Eric Cole. Yeah, I worry about the win. Yeah, that's I the thing. I can't remember anyone as consistent as this guy. It's unbelievable. Mm. And it seems to be on any kind of course. Yep. Yeah. No, it could be a Torrey Pines one week, and then the next week it's on a like a 6,800-yard par 70 when you need 27 under to win. It's just it's changed over the line. Yeah. Yeah. So... T- you know, one or two more to drop or, you know, one or two mm. less drop shots this week. And that that's the difference between like a top 15 and winning or, you know, not mm. quite, but cl- close enough. It's just small, small margins. So uh, just kind of had a note just to keep an eye on them. And the, particularly with the the approach play, the, the tee to green is, uh, well, mo- more so the approach play <clears> than the driving. Um, that being a key thing this week. And, Never hurts to be a good putter. So I've got te- team putt going up against team no putt, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's not such a bad idea. Are you, are you? Are you? I'd be amazed this week, Barry. Absolutely amazed. I'd fall off my chair if you were not going to put Ben on up. I haven't got to looking at that. I've got um, thinking about Akshay Vatia. Yeah. Now. Across all of my statistics, he ticked every single box this week, Akshay Bhatia, and a winner I, in the desert last year at that Barracuda Championship alternate I, of him. I am lumping on him right now, then, based on that, because <laughs> he literally fits the mould of the guy you want to pick but didn't pick for whatever reason, so you still yeah. haven't listened to your wife, so I'm <laughs> put the house on Bhatia. <laughs> yeah. It's his first time here, and you know he's he's quite a cheerful, open, fun personality. And I think the the crowd and that will he'll just feed off that energy. Yeah, 
you know, probably a few, it feels like a few more percentage points he'll get a boost out of that than some other players. So, so it was another, you know, if I needed anything else to convince me, that was it. You do have to, Andy Lack said this on his podcast uh, over the weekend. He said, try and work out players that are either going to be intimidated by the atmosphere because this is like a Ryder Cup, a President's Cup. It's like Augusta. Try and find players that don't kind of hide under a bushel when... I don't think it's any surprise, you know, that Brooks Kepka's won this twice because Brooks only gets motivated at the biggest, most rowdy, most packed events. So that just gets his mojo going. And yeah, I think Bartia, and it's the same with Tigala, actually, they seem to come alive in big kind of atmospheres like this. Mm. I could go through some of the players... See, I'm not sure Xander's in that mould. I don't know Xander. I'm not sure Max Homer kind of works in that atmosphere, although he was so good at the Ryder Cup, that's probably saying the wrong thing. But, yeah, see, to me, and I shouldn't really say this, but for me, Matt Fitzpatrick doesn't really follow that, potentially. I've seen Matt in big atmospheres of Ryder Cup sometimes missing putts, and it doesn't fill me with enthusiasm with someone like Matt Fitzpatrick. When people are shouting at you, you you know you suck. When you're missing the flag by like eight feet on sixteen. <laughs> but yeah, it's an interesting angle, I think. Mm. I've gone. Uh, oh, sorry, I, I I didn't. So you're what you're thinking about Ben Arn, are you? But you 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 haven't plumped for him. He's a bit haven't short, even, isn't he? I haven't even got to the Ben Arn consideration yet. So don't don't discount it, but. But definitely Akshay Bhatia, yeah? Yeah. If we're going to make yeah. a bad call on a player and get uh, <laughs> get the deserved um, replies in our um, in the reviews about blaming us for the bad picks, I'm going to let you take on the Ben Ann case and why you didn't pick him. <laughs> we never wins. That's kind of that's the main reason. Um, by the way, Akshay Bhatia is still out there at 66 to 1. Right now, um, Ben Arm. Well, he's on my post-it note of doom. So, I mean, just 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 for argument's sake, he right now is exactly the same price, pretty much, as Matt Fitzpatrick, who is a major championship winner and won last year as well. So he's won twice on the PGA Tour in the last two years. Now, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick isn't in my best. Um, sort of books at the moment because he decided to shoot 76 on Saturday when Wyndham Clark shot 60 mm. but you know lo and behold right I tell you who I've gone for I've gone for a player that goes well on short golf courses has one in the desert and I know these aren't pure Bermuda grass greens but it's basically a Bermuda grass golf course that's overseeded and his <clears throat> His MO is short golf courses, scorable golf courses, and golf courses that cannot be overpowered. And I'll be decked with Bermuda grass. So I'm on Siwoo Kim. He's been hitting the ball very, very nicely recently, a Siwoo Kim. 
and he was, I believe he was in the top 10 for strokes gained on approach at Pebble last week. But saying that, I mean, he's been 11th, 15th and 5th for greens in regulation across the Amex, uh, sorry, across the Sony, the Amex and last week's Pebble Beach. And I kicked myself royally a few weeks ago because Siwoo Kim was on my list to, to actually put down for a bet at the Amex and I think after 36 holes, he was in like second or third spot. And I just said to Paul, it's another one. It's another one. See who Kim's going to win this. And I've persuaded myself out of tipping. But anyway, <laughs> I'm on at 60 to 1 with William Hill 8 place each way on See Woo Kim. I am seeing right now 66 to 1 out there in a place. Eight places each way on See Woo Kim. I just think he can pick his way around here. And T to green right now, there aren't many better in this field in my eight-week trackers. So Siwoo Kim and my final one, I don't know, Paul might have fancy a bit of this because I know this. I know Paul keeps a close eye on this particular chap. Kevin Yu. Now, we've pointed out on this podcast for months and months and months that Kevin Yu from T to green is super elite. He was 14th for strokes gained tee to green across the whole of last season, which basically was like, almost like 18 months of golf. If you actually look at the number, he sits beside Corey Connors and Max Homer for strokes gained tee to green last season. I mean, that is super elite stuff. He was 4th for ball striking, 4th for greens in regulation across the whole season and 11th for par breakers. By the way, Barry, so he, um, Akshay Bhatia is also very high in those rankings. I just think Kevin Yu, who's finished, was, it, was he in the top, uh, I think he was in the top five at the American Express and then the top ten at Torrey Pines. Um, he's also lives in Scottsdale and he went to Arizona State University, so he's a local lad. Now, that'll work one of two ways. He'll either miss the cut because all of his friends have turned up and he's had to sort out 60 tickets for them each day, or it'll inspire him. Don't know which way it'll go. I'm on him, so it'll probably go the bad way. But I just thought Kevin Yu hits it a mile. Tee to green, fantastic. The bloke can't putt. This course is absolutely perfect for Kevin Yu. So I'm on an 80 to 1 with William Hill, eight places each way on Kevin Yu. Are you on Kevin Yu, Paul? Uh, no, I'm I'm not. I, I can see the logic, though. And um, I just, I, you know, I, I, I got a little bit annoyed that he was being backed so heavily before I had a chance to... Uh, to do anything about it, and um, I yeah. might just have to—I might just have to suck that up and get get involved. And <coughs> Don't get price proud, No, I know, but when you're looking early and you're seeing three-figure prices about a player, and you think, "Well, that's interesting," and the the, the, the next time you take a glance, it's uh, just a sea of blue because he's he's <coughs> a been couple of people, people or... have put a fiver on him each way, and the books are slashing him across the board, oh, which seems to be the mantra these days. Yeah, Mondays are just an absolute. <laughs> Nightmare nowadays, aren't they? With uh, yeah. any any kind of action on any player, and that's it. They're just getting absolutely slammed, which is a, a real shame for the industry, to be honest. But uh, who are you on then at this bigger price? I'm I'm intrigued. It, it can't be Kevin Stadler, can it? <laughs> Why not, Steve? Of course, winner. Baby no, Walrus. No, I've backed Nate Lashley, hundred and fifty to one. And uh, I think you've got to take a chance on him, seeing as uh, we keep getting these long price winners come through on the PGA Tour. Uh, he won the 2019 Rocket Mortgage Classic at 25 under, so we know he can go low. 
the third last time out the farmers and the farmers for me is not really his uh, his forte so that was an interesting uh, result for me to, to suggest that he's playing some nice stuff um he putted nicely he also putted nicely when he uh he came third here on debut back in 2020 so um he's got that recent form he's got some yeah course form from a few years back and i think 150 to 1 uh, with extended places, which is still out there, um, I think he could sneak an each-way place this week, Nate Lashley. So, uh, so yeah, just him and Sahith for me at the moment. I might just have to take Kevin Yu and um, suck the price up, but we'll see. Any more for you, Barry? The, uh, by the way, on Nate Lashley, it isn't difficult, but finding players with a great West Coast um, record clearly works somewhere like this. Mm. I mean, look at Gary Woodland. <clears throat> won this and then a few years later or was it the year after went on to win the US Open which Barry's still one of your biggest ever ever wins but it's just West Coast specialists isn't it <clears throat> that tend to just pop up here I've, I've got I've literally just maximised West Coast on the predictor model here's the top 10 10 Siwoo Kim 9 Tom Kim Eight, Wyndham Clark. Seven, friend of the podcast, Ricky Fowler. Six, Tom Hoagie. I'm, a, I'm surprised you're not on impulse. Five, mm. Sung Jae Four, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, we then got Zando, who needs to come out. Two, Justin Thomas. One, Max Homer. Yep. Uh, so 11th would be Chez Reevy. Chez. <laughs> Good old fits, Chez. Fits the team no puck narrative uh, down to he a He does. Team. Nate Lashley's in the top 25. Yeah, yeah. Any more for you, Barry? Or should we move on to Qatar? The Yeah, the only one I'm doing, and I think I'm just going to ride or die all the way until he gets his win, because I've convinced myself it's going to come, is Jake Knapp. Mm. Mm. Why not? We've got, an, we've got an idea for Jake Knapp further down the schedule, haven't we? Okay, I'm just going to keep betting him until then. I've got, mass, him, yeah. I've got massive FOMO. I've got swing envy, FOMO, uh, everything so... The odds are nice and juicy uh, at the moment, so yeah. Have the bookmakers forgotten that he finished in the top five the other way? I, I, yeah, they have. Yeah, it's nice. He's third. What did you get? So, um, hundred and forty to one twelve. Where is this? Twelve places. Mm. Yeah, hundred and forty no. to one twelve places. Well, with Ru- Rupert, Murdoch, nice. Ru- Rupert Murdoch bookies. <laughs> mm. Chance of a return there, Barry. Definitely. Right, Paul, the commercial bank Qatar Masters. Take it away. Mm, yeah, the Qatar Masters. Last event in the Middle East, actually, until the back end of back end of the year when we've got the Abu Dhabi and uh, DP World Tour Championship in Dubai. But uh, quick turnaround for Doha Country Club. As uh, we were here, well, it was back end of October, so one of those oddities at the calendar of the schedule where we've played an event, the same event on the same venue in the space of three months. And we saw Sammy Valamaki win here back in October at 80 to 1. Uh, no, no Valamaki actually this week, as you mentioned, he's just snuck into the field over in Phoenix. So we haven't got a defending champion, but that does leave us with a very similar betting market to, to what we've seen in recent weeks with Rasmus Huygard, favourite at 10 to 1, Xander Lombard 18 to 1, Yannick Paul 20s, 
Tom McKibben, who's been very heavily backed, 25 to 1. Tristan Lawrence, 25s. Antoine Rosner, 28 to 1. Same old names, really, as we've heard over the last couple of weeks. Keita Nakajima and Sebastian Soderberg, 30 to 1 for those pair. 33 to 1 bar those players I've just read through. Ball sports have gone eight places each way, 50 odds of standard this week. And of course, Bet365 have their each way extra markets running for this. So you can choose eight or 10 or 12 places on the Qatar Masters with 365 if you so choose. Now we're going back to Doha Country Club, which is good because we've played there since, well, way back 1998 was the first event, um, with the exception of 2020 and 2021. So the stacks, of course, history, if you are flicking through the website and the event history or the combined stats, then do bear in mind, and I made a note on there, that 2020 and 2021 were played at a different venue. That was Education City, um, not far away, about five miles away or so. Um, but a different course nonetheless. This course, Doha, is a 7,466-yard par 72. It's a Peter Haradine design. Typical exposed desert course. Um, four par fives, a drivable par four in the 16th as well. Some work was done on it before the last renewal. Um, the greens were reshaped, extended, so they're bigger greens again now and relayed with paspalum grass. So that's worth considering for any correlating uh, courses or for players who tend to play better on paspalum rather than the old tired Bermuda, was, which was there before. Now, the course itself is susceptible, susceptible to the wind, um, and there is a little bit of a breeze in the forecast this week, actually, specifically for the first two days, 10 to 15 mile an hour, Gusting 20 maybe for Thursday, Friday, and then it does die down a bit over the weekend. Um, calmer conditions, sunny conditions throughout. Temperatures in the low 20 centigrade, so that's the low 70s Fahrenheit. So nothing unusual in that respect. Just a little bit of breeze to keep the players honest over the first couple of days. Looking at some recent winners. Let's go back. 2015 is the first one. Um, Brandon Grace... One here, 25 to 1. Grace defended the following year, actually, at 8 to 1. 2017 was Yonghan Wang, 33 to 1. Your old mate. You love putting him up, don't you, yeah. old Wang? He's in the field this week. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. He well, that's played. not saying a lot, is it? He hasn't played, hasn't played um, a great deal of late. I think he's 1,000 to 1 on the exchange. So if you, if you fancy was, a bit of Wang. This was the event that always used to have a real link to the Open Championship, wasn't it? Grace, Garcia, Stenson. Yeah, loads yeah. of high-class winners on this golf course. Yeah, And it Thomas was always Bjorn. windy and gnarly and tough. Yeah, it's, um, it, it is a really good um, uh, correlating course to look back for Lynx players generally. So mm. when I get to the Open Championship and... I, I look back at Lynx courses um, specifically. This kind of falls into one of the categories that I will consider as being of relevant yeah. form. Because, yeah, it's, um, you know, because of the ex his exposed nature, as you say, it often is windy. Uh, yeah, other than Thursday, Friday, probably not so much over the weekend here. But you do tend to get um, a lot of wind positive, coastal positive, links positive players. Yeah. I remember watching Thomas Bjorn when he won here. Um, and he got into the maybe, maybe 20, 22 under, something like that. 
um, and it was absolutely howling and he was just playing mm. these incredible shots in the wind to to win around here. I so mean, yeah. Chris, Wood, Chris Wood's won here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's the prime example, isn't it? Chris Wood, who managed to do a couple of top fives at Opens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started off really strongly in the Open Championship when he was uh, when he first came onto the scene. Again, Chris Wood's in the field this week. So yeah, there's a few of these old um, previous winners who've uh, come back um, just for this event to, to see how they can see how they can get on. But yeah, I I think if it, if there was you know twenty twenty five mile an hour wins throughout in this tournament for this week, then yeah, it it might shape how to play it a little bit differently. But I, think there's probably just not enough in the in the forecast to make it go all the way to a kind of a, you know a, a specific links heavy selection uh, a team this week but yeah no absolutely your points very valid steve so yes wang back in 2017 eddie pepper won and, and again eddie's another case in point because eddie's played some really good stuff on um, different links courses through the UK and Scotland over the um, over the years as well. So, so Eddie won at seventy to one back in twenty eighteen. Uh, Justin Harding uh, fifty five to one. Then it moved to Education City. So Jorge Campillo won one hundred and twenty five to one. Antoine Rosner twenty twos. Then the last two events that have been held here again back at Doha. Ewan Ferguson one hundred and fifty to one. And as I mentioned at the top, Sammy Valimaki. 80 to 1 1 here back in October. Now, if you look at the historical stats, a combination of greens in regulation and scrambling has often been the best way to get the job done here. Um, keeping your card clean is good. Birdies aren't quite as free flowing as some of the other des- desert tracks, so um, bogey avoidance, bogey minimization is fairly important to this week's task I think we've got three years of strokes gain data as well so we've got 2019 with Harding 2022 with Ferguson 23 with Sammy and um, all three of them were solid from uh, off the tee kind of mid-20s in the field in terms of their relative position solid from um, strokes gain approach Harding was third for strokes gain tee to green Ferguson 18th Sally Balamaki second for strokes gain tee to green so if you're going to pick just one specific stat to focus or start your analysis this week then strokes gain tee to green would be one of my key stats and bogey avoidance as well i think would be a good way to start greens and regulations good scrambling that kind of thing that kind of combination i think now if you look at current form if you go back all the way to 2010 each of the winners here at doha specifically had at least one top 10 finish in one of their last seven starts. So a little bit of current form coming in is good. If you look at Harding, Ferguson and Valimaki, the last three winners here, each of them had a top 10 in one of their last three starts as well. But crucially, not very immediate. So that's why we're getting some reasonably good prices on the likes of Harding and Ferguson and Valimaki. Um, decent mid-price punts, the three of them. So, yeah, just having, having a look at someone who may have played well at the... Um, Dubai Desert Classic or even the Dubai Invitational um, and uh, see if they can pick that form back up now that the uh, the tour is leaving the Middle East after this week. Perhaps that's the way forward. Course form, though, not really so important. Um, we talked about Wang. He made he was making his debut here that year that he won. Harden was making his debut. Ferguson had only played once and uh, missed the cut. Sammy Valamaki had played once and finished 40th. So I wouldn't get overly hung up on players that have played well here in the past. 
it's never a bad thing, but certainly not the be-all and end-all in my view. Put it all together, I've backed five this week. We've got a similar debate at the top of the market that we've had for the last few weeks. And, you know, you could make a case for Rasmus Hoygaard, of course, if you want to take 10 to 1 or thereabouts. Or Yannick Paul, Xander Lombard again was in the in the mix last week, but uh, didn't convert. And the longer it goes by before Xander Lombard actually wins one, you know, taking 18, 20 to 1 or thereabouts on him to win each week is start to get a little bit expensive I think unless he wins one very soon <laughs> um, yeah it's just one of those isn't it um, my, my headline selection though is Tom McKibben and uh, I mentioned that he's been heavily backed best price now 25 to 1 but for me he's one of these young talents um, it's got a really big future he got his breakthrough win last year at the Porsche um, celebrated his 21st birthday in December I think there's plenty more to come from uh, from this Belfast boy, I think. Uh, made nine cuts on the spin now. Started 2024 in really positive fashion too. 25th at the Dubai Invitational, 14th um, Dubai Doesn't Classic, 16th Alhambra. Um, Alhambra, again, that was another Harradine design, so that's worth considering. Got some progressive strokes and approach numbers. 41st, 19th, 5th from his last three starts. Crucially, I think, for this, progressive strokes gain T to green stats as well. 26th, 14th and 3rd over those same three starts. Now, he was ninth here on debut back in October, so took to the course nicely. Um, I think a lot of it's going to depend, and success or failure, really, of this bet will depend on how he putts. And generally, McKibben is a kind of a... Uh, let's call him a neutral putter from a strokes game perspective. You often see him, you know, a fraction, the right side or a fraction, the wrong side of uh, neutral in terms of his overall strokes game putting performances. But when he did play here at Doha back in October, he gained nearly four and a half strokes putting on the week. And that was one of his better strokes game putting performances, um, certainly of last year and uh, of the recent past. So perhaps he took to the greens nicely, these Paspalum greens here. And uh, I think he's striking the ball well enough. I think he's progressing and his form and his stats are progressive enough to suggest that he could peak this week and potentially win a second tour title. So quite happy to go with Tom McKibben at the top. Also, quite happy to go back to the well with Pablo Larathabel. Now, Larathabel's also been backed. I couldn't believe when he opened at 66 to 1 yesterday. That was just a mad price. The best you're getting now is 40 to 1, but I think that's about the right price for Pablo, and um, I'm, I'm happy to get involved with him. I backed him at the Raz Alkaima Championship where he started poorly, missed the cut, and. Uh, He's one of these guys who's really one of the most active guys on social media. So you know, he does describe what happens. And with Razal Kairi, kind of just shrugged his shoulders and said that uh, that's golf. That's the way it goes. And and put his feet up for the weekend. Now, I know Barry was on him last week and um, he started poorly again. Because I, I remember Barry saying to me that he'd, uh, he'd missed a putt from like two feet on the first hole. And uh, there was a danger of him throwing the toys out of the pram at that point. But... Uh, he did go on to make the cut. He finished 29th. He shot 68 on Sunday, and that was the best round of the day, bar one shot. So um, certainly started to pick his form up towards the end of the week in Bahrain. Nine times a winner now on the tour. Looking for his 10th tour. Um, he's won in the region. He won in Abu Dhabi back in 2014. That was the year he held off uh, Rory McIlroy and Phil Mickelson. 
Fourth at the Dubai Desert Classic earlier in the month, which I've said is probably a nice little pointer. Uh, seven cuts made on the trot here at Doha as well. A couple of top five finishes um, in the last few years. I think he's got a really good chance of grabbing a 10th tour title here this week, Pablo. Um, three others I'll rattle through quickly. Margus Hellekilt, um, I've uh, backed at 50 to 1. Um, it's one of the Danes that isn't really getting as many column inches as the, the likes of the Hoygaard twins and Thjorbjorn Olsen, of course, who's won recently. But um, I think he's another one of these that's uh, well capable of a big breakthrough and uh, could be another name on the uh, Danish golf radar um, or should be over the next few months and years. He hasn't missed a cut since July. I've got a couple of top 10s in there. Progressive form over the last three starts, 53rd, 51st, 23rd. And uh, finished 12th here at Doha on his debut back in 2022. He was in far overall, far worse overall form at the time. And um, I think he can go better this week. Shown that he can putt on similar uh, uh, similar putting services in the past. He was second for strokes game putting at Alhambra back in 2022 on Pasperum Green. So I think he could go well this week. Marcus Helligild at 50 to 1. Aaron Cockrell, 55 to 1, the best price I've backed. Uh, also... Now, there's another that's shown enough form in 2024 so far to warrant a little bit of support. He was fourth again at the Dubai Desert Classic. I like that. Uh, Rolex Series level, don't forget, the Dubai Desert Classic. Third for Greens in regulation that week too. 23rd, Razzle Karma. Sixth, Bahrain last week. He was strokes gained positive in every aspect of his game last week in Bahrain, which is nice. And I think his form really fits the trends of some of those um, players that have won here. His form also tends to come um, in patches of three or four weeks um, before he goes off the ball again. So perhaps we're in one of those purple patches right now and he'll continue that into this week as well. It was 21st here um, the year before last. Yeah, perhaps he can keep it going for one final week before the tour leaves the Middle East for Aaron Cockrell. The final one, Scott Jameson. Um, I've backed him at 66 to 1 with eight places. I wanted to take as many places as possible with Jameson. Um, you can get 80 to 1 out there with fewer places, but I've plumped for the 66s. Uh, I'll, I'll take a chance on the Glaswegian because, you know, we know that he hasn't won for what, 11 years now. It was the Nelson Mandela Championship um, back in, let's uh, say, 11 years ago. That was the weather-shortened event. There was only 36 holes played that week. So, um, you know, he's been keen, I'm sure, to win a you know, a fully-fledged, proper four-round tournament since that point. It just hasn't quite happened. 29 top 10s I counted since that last victory. One of them was here at Doha Country Club or Golf Club, and that was back in October. He finished third. He's got top 10s in Oman, uh, Raz al Abu Dhabi. Um, at the Emirates as well in Dubai. 16th last week in Bahrain. And, and uh, it's shown some decent enough form. Just turned 40. So I think, you know, that's the kind of age that um, it tends to ask some questions. Sometimes galvanises players. And you see this um, resurgence and, you know, a, a, another win after a long fallow period is... Uh, it does happen from time to time with these players when they hit 40. So we shall see. Anyway, Jameson's in, Cockrell, Helikilda, Larratha Bell, pa uh, Tom McKibben, my five for the week. Barry, are you having a punt on the uh, DP World this week? Yeah, I'm throttling back a little bit. I feel completely lost 
uh, when it comes to GP World Tour bets. Can't seem to match up. Um, I'm ditching Pablo. Just if he wins, well done. Good luck to you, Paul. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, Freed him up for me, Barry. That's it. Exactly. Just um, immediately just yeah, ejected last week, and you're never recovering from that. Uh, mm. I'm going to go for a couple of big hitters this week to see can they just take advantage of the getting a lot of wedges in their hands. So one is Wilco Nienaber. Yep. Finished uh, seventh on the Sunshine Tour last week. Had a bad Sunday. He was tied for the lead going into the final round and was going okay until he had a triple on uh, a par three late on the front nine. So that was game over for him. So hoping for a bit of motivational bounce back this week. And then the second uh, bet is Marco, is it Pe- Pengi or Penge? I'm not yeah, sure how yeah, to yeah. pronounce yeah. the surname. No, no, another, another long hitter, yeah. Yeah, yeah sec- second on tour in um, driving distance. Um, pretty good for greens and regulation as well. Probably could be a bit better considering how far he hits it, but um, not a bad combination. And he is look looks like a member of Team No Put, or at least has a fairly good application in for Team No Put. So, um, yeah, a little tip of the cap to Steve <laughs> this week. So those are my two, um, both... Ninabra was fifty to one, and Peng Penj Pengi was sixty six to one. Lovely stuff. Yeah, no, I um, can I can raise you on Pengi. If you want proper team no putt, I'm going to bat Fabrizio Zanotti. <laughs> <laughs> it does tick a lot of boxes, actually. I'm going to take every one of the ten places each way that are being offered to me by Bet Three Six Five at sixty to one. Because mm. you're going to need every single one of them when he finishes tied 11th. <laughs> Probably after leading after 36 holes. Mm. It's almost as if you can script this stuff, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Zanotti, he's hitting, I mean, state the bloody obvious, but he's, he's really playing well from tee to green. And I just noticed in the Strokes Gain Rankings poll that you can access free of charge at Golf Betting System. He's sitting there in 14th spot, second for tee to green, eighth for approach, sixth for ball striking, and we won't mention the putting. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's done he's done reasonably well here over the years. So Yeah, we haven't seen much of him. He just he just you know what he's like, don't you? There'd be a couple of times you bing straight, you know, right up there. Mm. Um I'm gonna follow you in on Pablo as well, amazingly enough. Yeah, I, I, he I just fits get the bill of recent winners on yeah. tour. Olsen, last week Fratelli, experienced sorts that know how to get over the line. Mm. So yeah, those are my two. Yeah, I, the, the the sixty-six to one against Pablo early doors. Yeah, I didn't get that. Uh, no, 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 I missed it, which is a real shame. But uh, yeah, it's um, that that was just the wrong price. But you had to be incredibly quick to have got that. But yeah, I'd say 40 to 1 or thereabouts now. It's probably about right. And you know, this is a guy who's won nine times on tour. And um, you know, what was that four of them in the last couple of years or so? Fourth recently, the Dubai Desert Classic, you know, a much higher level than this. So yeah, it's, it, there's enough to take a chance in him, I think. I hope your bets go well, chaps. Yeah, best luck, boys. You too, boys. 
Best of luck to listeners. Don't forget about the Bet365 sponsored majors competition. Hit the like button if you're listening to this on YouTube. And of course, send us a five-star review or hit the five-star button on Spotify. Much appreciated for all of the algorithms. We'll be back next week. See you soon. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf